This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 268, Super Win From Ahead. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. What I like about this time of year, Hunter, is the start of every episode, I don't have to come up with anything because it's tournament sign-up time. I get to talk about one thing every single week, and it's that you, if you are listening to this and you want to play in Tournament 5, it's time to sign up for the Space Cat Space Turtles Patreon. If you are a member of our Patreon, October, this month, right now, or next month, you can wait. If you need to wait till next month, hey, I get it. You can come in next month. October or November patrons will receive a tournament sign up email invite the first week of december exact date and time to be disclosed at a later date and time that's how you get into tournament five which will start january 2023 are you freaking out yet i am i am already freaked um it's what a nutty time that we are going to do this a fifth time um also be geared up and be excited about invitational two mm. which will be happening in november uh also tbd as far as the exact schedule of that we're still working on it um it will be on weekends uh it will be on our twitch at twitch.tv slash space cats peace turtles and then those games of course will be preserved forever on our youtube huzzah um yeah so there get excited about tournament five uh we don't want to leave this in for too long because this part stays in forever. It's yeah. only relevant yep. to right people now. living in the moment. I love having a podcast that lives in the moment, though. I I, I, I think it's a fun historical document to go back. Like, yeah. we can go back and listen to, like, a weird episode from 2019. It's like, we're thinking about doing a tournament. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. That's that's a, yeah. fun, a fun little relic for us to get to, to call back to. But, hey, we got a full, chunky episode for you today because uh, the topic is... Boy, it's a weird one. I think it's a hard one to talk about these days. We So in episode, what did we determine? 41. Episode 41 of this show. Within right. the very first year of the yep. show existing, we did an episode yep. called Win From Ahead. It was actually the sequel to an episode that came the week before that was just called Win From Behind. And that was the right. main topic. But then in discussing that, we were like, well, we should talk about the flip side of the coin. And we went back to that episode to, to look up and see if anything would be relevant to writing this episode absolutely not uh mm-hmm. four and a half years ago turns out we didn't know anything about this board game and whatever we thought winning from ahead meant it is no longer we've learned a lot about this game since then uh so we have th- this is basically a new episode it might as well not be a redux what we've been calling these uh like reformed versions of episodes super guides or whatever super whatever it's our, it's our super nintendo joke but this one is like not even that this feels like the first time we've done this you know i gotta i gotta adjust i i just checked it out and apparently in episode 250 which was the learn to learn space cats peace turtles episode 
we did list this episode, this old episode, the win from a, ahead. As one that's important. Uh, as one to listen to. So we did mess up there. So we're going to have to decanonize <laughs> episode 250 right now. Obviously, we did not spend enough time looking at that outline because we were looking at it today. And it is not useful. It is irrelevant <laughs> to how the game is played in the here and now. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, it's back in that era where we thought that we knew a lot about this game and that not a lot of a lot of other people did little did we know we knew nothing and lots of people knew everything <laughs> and that has not changed yeah. till today yes okay? until today now we have it right today we're going to actually set the record straight no. and be correct no we're no, anyway, we're we are, right now we are incorrect <laughs> but in our present zone okay <laughs> this is the 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 hottest freshest incorrect take from space cats peace turtles that's what you want that's yeah. what you're here for yeah 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 um so what we should we should define some things then right we need to define what it means to win from ahead and i'll say this at the top of this episode winning from ahead is perhaps the hardest thing to do in twilight imperium actually it's among the like winning from behind quite a bit easier than winning from ahead these days with the yeah. with the 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 specifics of like you're the only person ahead if you are the one person that's ahead i you're not ahead actually i don't think i think you're in a lot of trouble <laughs> yeah i yeah it's funny uh, that we start this guide with this kind of note but i would say if you have a choice as to whether to win from ahead or behind uh definitely don't go for <laughs> ahead it's weird it, this whole game is sort of about having good tempo yeah having good speaker order um, but if you have too good of both of those, then once we get to, you know, the final phase of the game, which is the wind slay phase, yeah. then you are what's for dinner. You <laughs> are meats back on the menu, yeah. and it is, in fact, you yeah. that we will be having. So is it possible for one player to block everyone else from wind slaying them? In some niche cases, yeah. Right. It is possible, but it is kind of going to involve a lot of luck yeah. in order for that to happen. Right. So in general, we're talking about something that we've we've seen so many players in like the various tournaments be the one that looked like they were going to win yep. and that was their problem. Right. Um right. essentially. Right. They That's... looked like they were going to win and now every other player has all of their hero abilities locked and loaded right though so, yeah that's the big thing issue. about prophecy of kings is we've all been given more tools than ever to do something about those players and i think in base game being ahead is like well as long as you build up some solid defenses you're probably fine and now it's like a yeah. uh, benediction is in the game so i don't know get stuffed you're in trouble it's it's, it's yeah. the end for you get um stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> what that's how you talk yeah get stuffed <laughs> That's bad. I have to find words that aren't swear words. This is a you're this kind is a of you're kind of a podcast. Bart Simpson yeah. of of our eat show. My you shorts. Know I mean? uh, you're kind okay. of an eat my shorts type of guy. Can you know? we? Yeah, that's my that's my cursing is Fox Sunday evening <laughs> kind of swear <laughs> words. <laughs> it's true. You're kind of Bart, and I'm kind of a I'm a bit of a you're a bit of a Marge. I think, I, I think I'm a bit of a Marge to be honest. <laughs> 
I'm definitely not Homer. No. I'm not that fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Marge might be correct for me. Uh-huh. It's kind of a Marge and Bart situation. Okay. How do we define ahead then? Okay. Well, let's first off ahead. I think we very clearly defined in many situations. You can go listen to episode 194 speaker order and episode 254 points and tempo. But those are the two metrics that are the yeah. primary indicator of whether or not you are ahead. Tempo, meaning how fast can you and have you scored points. Tempo has to do with your point potential. If you want a detailed explanation, go to one, episode 194. But for now, suffice it to say, your tempo is your, are you scoring a public objective every single round? Have you been scoring your secrets? Do you yeah. have bonus points? Do you have yeah. the things you need, the recipe you need to get to that illustrious 10 points? If you do then you are ahead on tempo. The second thing that makes you ahead is playing the speaker order game, which is to say, in a final round scenario, are you in the position you need to be in to close it out before the others are able to do so? Yeah, it's it's interesting, but in Twilight Imperium, you can have multiple players on like seven points, for instance. Right. Seven points is three less than 10. Right. You need 10 in order to win. But actually one of those players can be doing way better than the other two right um and that's just because of where are their points coming from right are do they have a point from uh you know obsi- do they have obsidian yeah do they have a shard you, and a difficult home system to you, take do they you, have support swaps you could have three players on seven and the player that's ahead is on five you that yeah. that's what winning yeah. from ahead like being ahead can look like that you can have less points but the te- but you know everyone else has maxed out their secrets is only going to be able to score so many points per round but you haven't scored your secrets yet and you have the bonus point and you have speaker like you're ahead i hate to break it to you you don't get to talk yourself right. out of it you're ahead because the tempo shows it. it is a public facing thing i tried to play a game not too long ago where i built my own little sort of kraken style scoreboard thing but it wasn't for meta points, it was just, I'm just keeping track of tempo, and this is public. I want everybody to use this thing, use this tempo thing. Well, nobody else used it, and all anybody did was use it as a, an excuse to yell at me f- about how I was, I don't know, misjudging things. But in my view, tempo and being ahead is public knowledge. We don't know your right. secrets, but we know if you have secrets. We know if you can yeah. draw secrets. That's all I care about with tempo is not if you specifically definitely have the win lined up. It's do you have the point potential in your pocket? Is it, is it even right. in, because I, unless you show me your secrets, I have to assume all secrets are scorable or whatever, all, all of those sorts of metrics. So for me, the, the being ahead is public knowledge that all the players should be aware, aware of, which is why you don't get to just be like, no, 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 it's, I'm not ahead. Like we know, we know if you're on tempo or not, period. Right, right. It, it is kind of a indisputable fact. Um, as long as you're, you know, uh, using the same logic as far as like if you have a secret in right. your hand i pretty much have to assume that it's either you know right scorable going to be scored i'm not going to assume that it's not scorable yes because that's just it's like it's weird sometimes twilight imperium late game is like a social deduction game where your lying is so obvious right you know what i mean where it's like right. ah, i can't score this but it's like we've heard it a million times yeah. and you just can never you can never take that as gospel because yep. there's no real point to believing it right unless like isarl's in the game and isarl has seen the secret sure. and isarl's like i've seen it it's not it's not scorable i'll believe that way sooner than i'll just believe you saying that flat out you right. know right right so 
what we want to do then is sort of lay out a few cases. We, we would like to have more concrete thing because like just being ahead of tempo is kind of like, I don't know, we've talked about that. What, what sort of episode is this if we're just talking about tempo again? But we want to talk about the specific scenarios of what kind of a head you can be because they're actually quite different in style and what is required to get there and what is required to get out of there. What is, you know, what, what does it take to find a win from that situation? So we have about three specific ways you win from a head and I'll right. just, I'll, I'll, I'll outline all of them and then we're going to go into all of them. But essentially a win from a head is a round four win, primarily a status phase round four win. If you're winning round three or action phase round four, that's not even what we're talking about today. That's, yeah, we're not talking about that today. That's, that's bonus point case. central. That's crazy things happen. Just but they were just supports. letting you get Imperial yeah. over and over, and you were scoring every point. Like, that. that is... N- no, not here. Not here. We're, <laughs> we're not, not accounting that. for that kind of yeah. insane stuff. Uh, shenanigans is what I would call it. This is like kind of competitive tournament play ahead stuff. So status phase round four is is one of the examples we will talk about in depth. Second is action phase round five being ahead in that context. And the last is when you're ahead for what is the standard status phase round five. I think, I don't know if I just said that. Action phase round five and then status phase round five are two different contingencies. And even though status phase round five is like the norm for when people win, there's still a very clear definition of who is ahead in that kind of a situation. And anything past status phase round five, I would say is clearly in the territory of Wind slaying has now occurred, and yeah. any the everything's opened up, right? It, you can still be ahead, like you'll be ahead in round six, but we're talking about a completely different sort of conversation. So we're c- sort of relegating today's conversations to these three phases of being ahead, because these are by large the three standard ways you see people be ahead, right? Right, right. Um, and obviously a status uh, a status phase round five win when you're from behind is not really what we're going to be talking about today. So there's still definitely a world where you win at the normal time, but you were ahead and being ahead. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, fair to say this at this point. So if, if the way you're ahead is recognized by tempo plus uh, points, plus tempo plus speaker order, right? That's, that's our formula for if you're ahead, if all those are good, you're ahead. Right. Um, It's also relative. So, like, yes. the easiest, easiest example for that is, you know, did people score round one? Well, if no players did, then tempo-wise, it doesn't really matter, yeah. you know, that you didn't. Right. Because no one did. You know right. what I mean? And in the world where no one scores round one, whoever takes custodians is doing great, yes. relatively speaking. Right. Um, but, like, yeah. So, so you, have to, you have to keep everything in uh, a kind of relative dimension as far as uh, thinking about who is ahead, and who is going to win. Right. So let's break down what what is the status phase round four win from ahead situation look like? Well, obviously that tempo is going to be off the chain, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. got to be really good tempo. Unchecked tempo. Off the chain. Off I the chain. Be fired. Nah, you, you, be fired. you stick with it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's luck, right? It's like purely luck that you've accumulated everything you've accumulated. You definitely scored round one. You got yeah. a bonus point, probably custodians, but you may, there may have also just been like a crazy agenda where like you got ahead of it or whatever. Um, totally, totally. But, but outside of those two things, like you also had to at some point have Imperial, whether it be this round right now, round four, or like round three, you double scored. The point being in round four with all other rounds getting a public objective scored, you're scoring your fifth 
public objective in the status phase of round four, which means that somewhere in there you scored in the action phase uh, with Imperial. That's the only yeah. way. And then, and then secrets everywhere where you need to get them, right? So that is sort of what we say. Well, that's what our tempo means for a round four victory. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I think it is the best target because once you get to round five, most of the other, uh, the other players will have their kind of win slay scenario completely set up yeah but round four you might still catch a few people like just not ready to yeah. slay you right so we're not really gonna describe anything in this episode as if no one is aware of your victory right. we're gonna assume that they are that they see it coming and so what what should you do well i believe you should start every game hoping for this situation to be yeah. able to win status phase round four a lot of times it gets away from you you should be aware when it's gone a lot of times for me where the status phase round four victory exits my possibility matrix is if it's round two and strategy cards are being taken and no one takes imperial yeah now obviously that means i had to pass on imperial which probably means i need i don't know i got something else going on maybe i'm maybe i got custodians that round so i had to take leadership you know right. i had no choice or maybe i was going to score nothing that round so i had to take you know tech or something like that um, in that situation where no one takes Imperial, it's kind of a bummer because your secret tempo is really quite bad yeah. um, for a round four status. You phase. have to draw gonna... it in round four and score it that round. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I will say, a lot. you know, we've talked about DET recently in our Exploration Guide episode. Um, DET is pretty cool for, like, making this more possible. Mm -hmm. Any secret uh tempo you can get any secret draw you can pick up is really going to help you a lot in seeking the the status phase round four victory condition which is i think why you know early on we saw empyrean uh play quite well in uh the release of pok and i think it was because they were getting to go after the secret draws in the yeah. frontier deck basically without any competition right because people weren't necessarily that excited about dipping into that frontier deck now, I don't know, you generally have like two-ish people going after that. Yeah. And also the Frontier deck has gotten bigger, so there's less uh, guaranteed secret objective draw in that. Yeah. But you really need you really need someone to take. I mean, it would be awesome if it was you. Honestly, the 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 easiest situation to imagine is one where you're you score round one. Oh, that's awesome. I don't even care if anybody else did, it's not even important. Round two uh you in instead of taking custodians because honestly it's weird like custodians i think sets you up really good for like a round five when it's not super great for a round four win yeah. i almost like it better to take imperial round two get another secret draw and score two more of those public objectives now right. in that situation we are absolutely going to need to take imperial again yeah which is a lot but right. sometimes I don't know. You draw, you draw politics writer early. Uh, you you find a way to make a deal that's going to get you into that situation so that you can pick up your bonus point. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's 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 a lot of weird stuff. But I I with and this is why like a lot of times I'll think about a round four situation. But by round two, I might already have yeah. discarded that as a possible path. Well, and let's talk about what you were bringing up earlier. What what round four wins look like to the rest of the table like ahead of time yeah we all know it we all see it 
We can look yep. right in front of us, and, we, and and it's very rare that more than one person has access, because it's like the bonus mm-hmm. points determine everything. Now, there's plenty of times where if a round four win is actually going to happen, it's probably because Seed of an Empire or Mutiny came out, which gave a lot of people bonus points, which means many people are ahead, right? right. <laughs> there's like two people that have both taken Imperial. They both got a bonus point. Like they are just go, they're crushing it, right? And then we have a factor to deal with of there's not one clear person to stop first or whatever. You have to stop both of them. You know, that's how probably someone finds an actual round four win. When you are the sole target in a round four win scenario like hunter said the only chance of you getting out of that is the fact that people don't have the gas in the tank yet it's too early for people to do anything about you Um, but the other way to make sure you can at least prep for it is you've got to do your support swap early if if you're aiming for this at all this is the reason why you see people just sort of round two let's get the swaps out there and i don't want to wait because i don't want to be caught in a situation where i could be looking at a round four win but everyone else can see it so nobody's going to do a swap with me Right. That, that's that's the worst case scenario because now you're never ever going to get the swap and now you need a whole new bonus point to just appear out of nowhere which is very right that's just luck at that point but if you can secure the swap now you can be in a situation where everything is kind of in lock for for your your tempo and whatnot so i do think the the key to this round four winning from ahead is you had to do all the legwork in round two, like you said, Hunter. Like round two is yep. like your your core two and three sort of, and then round four is just finishing things up, right? It's rare that you're gonna just like luck into a round four win in round four, unless it's like yeah. a, a shard draw or something crazy. Yeah, it's why. I mean, you'll hear me say a lot that I really wish that people would take Imperial round two, and it's mostly selfish. So, like, let's say I take Custodians round two, so I I don't have Imperial. I yeah. took leadership. I have Custodians. Um, or I'm just an Alu, um, right. and I guess I'm just excited about getting Winslade in round three. <laughs> uh, so I have leadership. I take Custodians. That's chill. Somebody else takes Imperial. That's great. Mm-hmm. Now I have two secrets round two. Yep. Hopefully three secrets round three. And if I take Imperial in round four and round three and double score, I'm pretty much golden. I don't even need another uh, bonus point besides the support. And alternatively, yeah. you could replace the support point with another Mechatol Rex point, but you're costing yourself one secret draw. So your secrets basically have to be perfect. And that's kind of the theme of a status phase round four win, is that each secret draw needs to be immaculate. So the second you draw one, you're like, well, that's inconvenient. Well, guess what? You are now in the round five victory path. Yeah. And you know Um, what I would say too? Because a status phase round four win is so telegraphed i one of the things and we'll talk a lot about like what what to actually do in all these scenarios i think one of the main things is if you see yourself capable of a status phase round four win you should uh pump the brakes and aim for a firm slightly obfuscated round five win (laughs) that that actually should be what you go after basically i i would agree it really depends on what are the other factions at the table though right right. and how much tech are they going to have because the two big things i think to answer there is how many people are going to have uh round four win slay type Mm -hmm. you know if mahawk is in the game you can just forget about it just don't even do it don't even try don't even try (laughs) you're just going to get benedicted and then it's over if l1's in the game even i probably wouldn't yeah uh bother with it uh, but any yeah, anybody that's got some sort of automatically stop you uh, type deal, I just would be like, ah, I don't know, probably safer to go for a round five. But there's definitely a Christmas land 
faction matchup yeah. that we could build where I would be like, okay, you might get away with a round four victory. If you're interested in in seeing a really interesting round four victory, uh, I forget what the number is, but we've talked about this game so many times. Uh, it was Planet Earth's uh, first game in our tournament, in, yeah. in tournament three. Um, that That is a round four victory game that w- was super exciting and I think really cast kind of a long shadow i forget what number it is it's it's me and ej commentating yeah um and i think it serves as a pretty good case study in like how a round four victory can line up and uh planet earth was playing as isarl which i think is actually depending on the other factions of the table a pretty decent yeah. candidate for a round four victory if they have the tempo yep. which generally speaking isarl never really has the best start yeah to any game um so I feel like the stars aren't always going to align for that, but they did in that game, and it's a it's a very good watch. Yeah. Um, if you haven't watched that one already, I mean, I know a lot of people have have seen that game because yeah. we've talked it up so many times. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to that next path then, because it's probably what you're going to fall into if you miss that status phase round four window, action phase round five. Really, to me, action phase round five is just that it's an extension of the status phase round four it's like stalling for time a little bit because there's it's there's it's very limited how you can pull off this win it's either you get imperial in round five and are going to score with the public right in the so so the idea here is probably you've scored four stage ones up to this point one each round and then your fifth one is just during the round and then that's all you needed to wrap it up. You know, that plus a secret or that plus taking Mechatol or something for the bonus point, right? That th- This is the fanciest one because you didn't need a bonus point prior. If you are a faction that can take Mechatol in the final round, you can score your bonus point at the same time you score your last stage one and wrap up the game. Um, but that requires, like, heavy military might to pull off, right? Generally, it's probably you've just done everything else you needed to do and you didn't quite close it out that last status phase, but like your first action is going to be to pop Imperial and win or whatever, right? Generally speaking, if we see an action phase round five win, that's usually what it looks like. You had good tempo and you had great speaker order is the biggest thing. Action uh, round five is probably you as speaker and you took Imperial and it didn't get publicly disgraced, right? That's kind of a requirement for the round five action phase win. Yeah, well, technically, if you got custodians, you could do this path right without ever without ever having to grab imperial. Am I right? No, that? you need Let's because see. you so, need the five publics. If if you're not if you're gonna win in the action phase, you, yeah, you needed right. you needed imperial round two or three or four, and then in round five, all you're doing is finishing up your secrets, which that's certainly possible. But now I think the table is even more. <laughs> I don't know which puts more eyes on you or not having Imperial in round five or having all of your stage ones already scored going into round five. That's like equally scary, right? So they're both right. pretty uh, clear positions to be in when you're aiming for a win. That's And that's the problem with both of these, right? The status phase round four and the action phase round five are the two most telegraphed tempos right you it's everyone just knows that you are that far ahead and it's like a big problem to try to get away with doing anything i'm I'm handling that right now in a game where i'm nalu and i've had great tempo so nalu is inherently good on the speaker order thing right because we don't actually need speaker order we just take whatever we want and then the initiative order is actually what we're after it's the scoring now so for action phase i have actually good speaker order i get to take imperial 
But everyone knows that. Everyone knows that I have these tools accessible to me, right. which means they can just right. start attacking me round four, doing whatever. It's it's like much messier than that. So um, because these two are so heavily telegraphed, that's what makes them so difficult to pull off is it's just like everybody sees it coming, what you're doing. Right, yeah. And you have to play, like, I'll, I'll say this, a lot of people, I feel like, that are kind of struggling to get to that upper level of Twilight Imperium is that they're not willing to play like everyone can see yes. what they're doing. Um, and even even I have done this in games before where I've just been like, all right, well, I hope they don't do anything about that right there. And then they do. And then I'm like, well, this is this is a rougher place to mm -hmm. negotiate from at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so you do have to like be aware that people can see what's going on with you. Um, the action phase round five is probably the most common like one to shoot for. Yes. Um, I would say that round four generally goes away pretty fast um, outside of some some luck. Um, and then round five, I mean, round the, the interesting thing about the action phase round five is that, yes, there's the kind of generic path we've come up with, but any any extra bonus point yeah. that you get outside of the norm right. makes this very possible and very doable. Right. But again, everyone will know. No exactly. one will be confused. Right. Yeah. We all got a um, mutiny. I don't need that fifth public objective anymore. So I don't even need Imperial. I just have right. to close out the secrets that I have in my hand. I did my support swap. That's also pretty critical to the action phase round five win is you did a support yeah. swap probably unless there's, God forbid, three bonus points out there. That would be pretty insane. Uh, but the idea is, yeah, you, you, you got some sort of extra points there or got the Imperial to get ahead on scoring tempo. Either one is is wildly telegraphed, which is then why the follow-up to both of these <laughs> is to use your incredibly solid position of being ahead and you could win round four status phase. You could win action phase round five, but to stretch your neck out and do so would cause it to be too dangerous for you to seal the deal Meaning the right. safest approach is the status phase round five win, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's, it, yeah, it's interesting. There's like a, part of winning from ahead is figuring out which of those slots is going to be most advantageous. Mm -hmm. So like, I would say breaking it down this way, the reason we're talking about all three of these and not just status phase round five, the classic, the creme de la creme, uh -huh. is that you need to consider... right what the other players are going to be capable of and assume they can see everything. Yes. I mean, they, they basically know everything except for your action cards. Because again, while they don't know what your secrets are, they if they're a decent player, they assume they're scorable. Yes. They don't just, they're not going to just lay down and be like, oh, well, whatever. They're I, I'm just going to roll the yeah. dice on whether those are scorable or not. They're going to assume that they're scorable. So the thing they really don't know is action cards you know, maybe some weird promissory notes you yeah. have in your hand, um, et cetera, et cetera. So there's not really that many things you can surprise them with. So you have to really work those angles yep. and then think about where they are at in their own development. Right. If you are neighbors with Mahakt, but Mahakt is having a really bad game and you realize Benediction is not coming online until round five, man, that's a bad game. Yeah. But, and maybe you race for round four right. in that game. You know right. what I mean? Like, that look at look at those abilities. I almost feel like what's really fun about the show right now is I know it might feel like a bit of a cop out for us to say listen to these other episodes because they're sure. building off of ideas that we're talking about here. But all of these 
like subjects connect to each other always. Yes. So instead of us doing one five hour episode <laughs> and then taking a month off, I feel like breaking the conversation up like this is great. And what I'm realizing is a good supplementary episode to this will be an episode about win slay tools yes and just classifying all of those right. that are out there yeah like the war sun as a unit is a win slay tool right um mahawk's hero is a win slay tool l1's hero is a win slay tool yeah um the opposite i feel like of those would be like winu's hero is like a close up the game and win on tempo type hero yeah sadly Everyone knows that you have it, right? So they can see it, and they will do something to stop you, right? So the the last thing then to talk about is a little bit more about the status phase round five win, which we're really specifically talking about winning from ahead. And so I want to be clear: we're not talking about like I mean, technically by round five, everyone should be able to win to a certain extent, right? Sure. A every everyone, if they are, if bad things have not happened to them, they should technically have a win in their sights. And to be ahead at this point almost exclusively means you got ahead of speaker order. You stayed on tempo, didn't right. necessarily get ahead of tempo, but stayed on tempo and then finished the game out with good initiative order, which probably was a result of speaker order, although weirder right. factors can apply. Um, but like if you're a speaker and you can take leadership and win, score first in the status phase, that means you're ahead, which is when things like the Mantis wind slaying carousel come in. And we'll talk uh, more about that at the end of this episode, actually. But the idea here is going into the status phase around five, you can still keep an eye on who is quote unquote ahead and know who to deal with. And if we avoided the round four and action phase round five wins, we are aiming for this status phase round five uh, win and wind slaying is not explicitly the conversation that we're having today, but it is what you're specifically trying to avoid, right? That's what the entire right. thesis of this episode is, is how can you be ahead and not get win slayed? Right. So it's interesting because I feel like we've entered this place with Twilight Imperium, and I'm, I'm not sure everyone agrees with, with us on this, but I feel like we have gotten to a point where we have our equivalent of the root style entanglement. Yes. In that, in a world where I am the only faction ahead and no one else is even close to where I'm at, then I have to soak all of those Windslay materials yep. just by myself. Right. Now, there's going to be games where you're able to accomplish that, but I'm not willing to believe that you can do a whole lot mm -hmm. to like ultimately create that situation. You are but one player versus five yep. in all of their tools. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe like five Arborek players sure. and you're playing as, you know, uh, Mahawk. Yeah. Sure. Maybe well, you have all the tools and they have none. Uh, but that situation is yeah. not common. The, the, you know? the bigger factor to that is, the reason root entanglement works is because, well, first off, it's a law of bigger numbers, right? TI is 10 points. Root is 30. Yeah. There's way more flexibility in like how and when those 30 points are scored and what that tempo yeah. looks like. But additionally, the core design element of root is that for most people, stopping someone else's chances at scoring can many times give you some scoring potential as well. You can... Right. Gain ground for yourself while taking someone else down. And as we all know, in Twilight Imperium, that is far 
less than true. <laughs> Very yeah. often to do anything about anyone is to take away from your own potential, is to remove your own opportunities at scoring, which is why you don't see little things done throughout the game. You don't see that kind of entanglement of just like we're always keeping each other in check, but instead everyone waits till the last minute and then uses all five tools against the one person in yeah. the lead. That's why yeah. we're trying to avoid looking like that target because it's just way too easy to be thwarted in that way. Well, you have to get your economy up, right? right. Like it, the better your economy is, and that's not just plastic, that's not just resources, that's, you know, all the tokens in the game that right. we're talking about, uh, command tokens especially. Um, once you get your economy up, you have this kind of extra juice to possibly devote some of those resources to stopping an opponent from winning. Yeah. But until you get that economy online, yeah, you can't just ruin your own game right. to stop someone else. That is a situation where, you know, there have been situations where my economy was so bad that somebody was like, hey, Hunter, you could do this and stop this person. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice on the secrets. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, we, we're supposed to assume the secrets are always scorable, but there are times where I'm not going to bother. Yes. You know? And and this point is so wild that there we got ambulances outside coming to pick me up. Um, <laughs> they reason. they hate that Hunter would not decide to stop point. someone's secret. How dare you assume they were telling the truth about having unscorable secrets? You're going the, the paddy wagon is here, Hunter, to take you right. away. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, so we've got status phase round four, action phase round five, status phase round five. You got to figure out which one is the one that you are aiming for. Yep. And if you're ahead. Honestly, at this point, what it means to be ahead in Twilight Imperium is the fact that you have some level of choice mm -hmm. between those three slots. Right. And what choice you make has, you know, as much to do with the other players as it has to do with you. In fact, it almost has more to do with the other players, right? Because if we're assuming that you're ahead already, you've already got the opportunity numbers-wise to go for one of these timings. Yep. It's just a question of which is the one that you're going for in this game based off what you think will happen to you, yeah. which you only know so much. You right. don't know what action cards are in everyone's hands. Exactly. Uh, so making that choice is, is critical. And these days it feels like it's actually smarter to slow roll your own win instead yep. of sprint for the status phase round four. Exactly. Um, We've both been playing a lot of Nalu lately, so yeah. I think that's actually very complimentary to this idea. <laughs> yeah, this is um, this topic has been very much on my mind because Nalu, you basically spend the nowadays with Codex Three Nalu, you spend the entire game being like, "I'm ahead. How, how what am I gonna do? How am I gonna sandbag my own opportunities?" Right. Because if I stretch ahead, it will be so obvious that I'm just gonna crush it that I right. I will get destroyed. My fighters are good, but they're not that good. Is they're what I constantly. I think that con I have. I have like 10 fighters in every system and I'm still like, yeah, but they've got two war sons. I'm like, I'm done. If they come over here, it doesn't matter. My, right. my, my fighter screens only do so much when everyone has light wave or whatever. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's a big deal. So let's, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about what we actually do. Given all of these scenarios we've actually laid out, how do we actually find the wins from here? Given uh, these situations we've, we've put ourselves in. Hello, welcome back. How are you? How are you doing? Answer me. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. No, not you. The listener. Oh, sorry. I'm waiting for oh, them to respond. They just, they oh, always I'm take sorry. so long. It always takes them like, like a full week to respond to me when I'm talking to them like this. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost like they don't say anything until we release the episode. What? 
And then they say stuff. We release this? This isn't live? It's not live, Matt. Oh no one can God. hear this. Matt, we're this one's a week early too. We're we're <laughs> they're not gonna hear this, this one is a for disaster. A while. I've I'm just always thinking I'm just talking directly to, to each of Matt, you. Matt, you're when this comes out, you're in London. My oh buddy. my god. You're in I can't England. talk to them while I'm in London. I'm too busy. We, no, you're not. You're talking to the, now we're doing I'm so busy right now. I'm in London. Hunter, how could how dare you interrupt my vacation? My European vacation. Right now. I'm here. I'm just trying to go to Harrods, man. All I want to do is shop and you just hit, Matt, hit you me up, making me record on. this episode. I can see you in your office yeah. in Arkansas where you live for some reason. Oi, some Gov. Reason, that's where you I'm live. I'm trying to record a podcast here, mate. All right, let's do let's let's get into it. Okay, hey, we we're trying to win. <laughs> we're trying to win this board game. Ding, dang it! And we're doing so good that we're gonna get our butt stomped. That's what's about to happen, right? This is the yeah. problem. This is the core yeah. issue with being ahead. Is it's just way too easy to then crush us uh, because yeah. f we got five people against us. So how can we visibly have good tempo, have good speaker, or how can we be clearly ahead and still find a win? I think the first and foremost thing that needs to happen, and you need to look for this, you need to recognize in round two that there's a chance that you will end up being ahead. You've already had a good game so far, and your hope is that that continues, right? So to plan for it, things working out for you, I think the first and foremost thing you need to do is you need to get more targets on the board. You can't be the only target. If you are the one person who is singularly ahead that is the guaranteed way to get five other people to attack you and stop you yeah again it depends on the window though which we we kind of defined in the first half of this episode right. but yeah if we are you know if we're in round five perhaps the way that you win this game from ahead is by boosting up one of your neighbors yeah because here's what happens if you give your neighbor an opportunity and and the easiest way to do this is like let's say you know they're going to make it create a situation where they're going to win in the status phase, right. basically. But you're going to win in the action phase. But they don't know for sure that you're going to win in the action phase. Right. So now people are having to think about not only you and your possible action phase win, but also your neighbor. And guess what your neighbor is not thinking about? You. Right. <laughs> because they're trying to lock down their win. Now, if they have the economy to think about you and lock down their win, well, then you're there's nothing you can do about that. You boosted that, the I wrong person. And going this way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boost somebody across the table next time or something like that. Yeah. But, um, so, th and th I feel like this is a very, very tricky thing to yeah. talk about on the show. Well, this it, is not, this is not an obvious strategy that just works right this is not this is not clear-cut advice what this is saying is you have to be able to read a lot of factors of the game but i think in general here's here's what you definitely don't want is someone who's so far behind that they don't care anymore and they start doing dangerous crazy stuff i think first and foremost that's the person you would like to boost you would like to get someone in your pocket who is in their tempo position because you helped them. And maybe it's even that's who you support swapped with, right? So like that's one person mm -hmm. who can't deal with you because you did the support swap. It's the other benefit. A support swap we love so much because it not only puts you on tempo, but it takes right. away one of the people who can deal with you, generally speaking. So yeah. uh, removing one person from the equation is great, but also boosting someone into a good scoring potential. It's honestly a way to better win, even in that round four scenario, if you get someone else into that dangerous territory of also being able to win round four, you just start taking away not only people's ability 
to do something about you, but possibly their willingness to do so. Right. That's the weirdest factor of all of this. And and maybe this applies the least to like tournament TI where everyone's just going for it anyways and just doing whatever they can to stop whoever they can. But plenty right. often, if you can look at the game and two people are just gonna win, that's all of a sudden when most people sort of throw up their hands and say, well, then right. I'm not going to intervene. And you're kind of looking for that sort of a situation. Either it's, I don't want to, or I can't do both and we can't stop, you know, we can only stop one and that just doesn't seem fair or whatever. Right. It also depends on what types of objectives you're trying to win off at this point. Yes. If your objectives are really passive and you, um, you basically already have it figured out, then primarily what you want to do is stuff that slows down your opponents, right? Mm. Um, gumming is always a good choice, although a lot of people end up with light wave late game, so don't focus on gumming if your neighbors yeah. have light wave or if, if people can get to you with light wave because there's not much of a point to that. Um, making sure that you have good defenses, building up at home, whether that's in space or on the ground, which is mostly a factor of how many planets do you have in your home system. If it's one, then the ground will do in a lot of situations. Yeah. If it's more than one, then uh-oh, <laughs> then you're going to have to maybe defend in the sky, which kind of sucks, to be yeah. honest. Um, can be really so tough. It, but it also depends on the objective situation. I had a game recently where the objectives that I needed to score were all control objectives. There were mm -hmm. like two of them. So I, what I opted for in that round was to try to qualify for both of them. I only needed one. Yes. But it felt like it behooved me to essentially just try and make it where wind slaying me will take a lot of activations. Right. So that perhaps we will run out of steam. And it was especially a situation where I was thankful that my neighbors also had paths to win. So I just wanted to make it so that there was a lot to do. Yeah. Um, guess what? They did figure it out. And then <laughs> yeah. I did lose that game. Right. But they won't always figure it out right. um, is really the point. And that's also to say that having being in a situation where the final points that you need to score in this uh, game are control objectives is bad. Yeah. Now you can't always control that. But it is worse than yes. if it was an easier objective. Um, there's a Sardak game that you can watch on the YouTube um, that I played where my final objective was um, have five ships in one system, which is like my favorite final objective to need to score. Yeah. Um, not because like it can be taken from you, but what I feel like it sort of says is like, all right, just have the biggest fleet possible yeah. above your home system and just see if they can whittle it away. Right. And if they can, then you lose. And if they can't, then you win. And I think that's <laughs> nice and simple. Yeah, it's clean. It's a clean way to end the game. Yeah. Shoot yes. your shot and see how it goes. Um, yeah, I, I think all of this is critical of like not only making the things they have to do to you a larger number, but the things they have to do to everybody a larger number, right? That's the right. main thing you're trying to do. You're trying to make it to where they don't need to just do one thing. They need to do a lot of things. And yeah. the other kind of necessary step to that then is this is a diplomatic game. This is a game about talking. You don't get to point all the fingers. I say this as a person who fails this step all the time. So this is this is me saying don't do what i do which is like hey old so-and-so over there they have good tempo because i gave them my support for the throne and i helped them score a secret they have such right. good tempo we need to be worried about their win i'm going to talk way too much about all of the things we need to do to stop their win and then as soon as i stop talking someone else goes yeah but you too 
So let's, you talked so much that it made us right. pay attention to what was going on with your whole deal. Your number one goal, and this is not something someone could just give you advice on how to do, but your number one goal is to get it to where the rest of the table is naturally talking about other people, not just you. You cannot force that conversation. You have to like inception that into their brain so that they think about it. And that's extraordinarily difficult to do. I, I don't really know what the secret sauce to that is i don't know if you have ideas hunter of like what someone could do to just like make people focus on someone else more than you i mean there's i don't know that there's a solution to that um i try to just not talk to the other players yeah. that much yeah um i think i got this habit from streaming and playing mm -hmm. a lot where um i spend a lot of if i'm streaming my my own gameplay i tend to talk to chat more than i talk right. to the players um, which is fun, because uh, we can talk about whatever, right? I don't have to like fully, you know, we could talk about Game of Thrones or I don't know, <laughs> anything. Actually, not Game of Thrones, because I don't want to talk about Game of Thrones. But um, just anything yeah. they might talk about. Um, and they might ask me questions about, they actually might keep me fresh by asking me questions about what my game plan is, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so like, in that way, it's nice, because I'm actually not talking to the other players. And I think... You gotta you gotta be very particular about yeah. what you're saying to everyone else. Yep. And I feel like that's a decent approach. Some people believe in talking a whole lot, but I feel like the more you talk in any game of Twilight Imperium, the more everyone is paying attention to you and yours. Yeah. Here, so here's a classic example of that, actually, that I just thought of while you were saying all that. The classic example here is Teddy, Teddy's jam for you versus the humble checkmate. Both players, right. excellent players. Both players, yeah. very capable of getting themselves into winning positions. Both players, mm -hmm. very often we see them in winning from ahead scenarios. But Humble talks a lot. That's part of his strategy is really coercing the table into things, making deals happen and all of that. And I think what we see frequently from Humble is that coming with a huge target on their back. Whereas Teddy will be in that same lead and Teddy will just kind of shut up. And then, and I think this is exactly true in the finals game a little bit, don't you think? I mean, I think that finals game where Teddy won the championship is Teddy slowed down way before Humble did, and Humble was trying to lead the charge, and the result being we dealt with so many other things and didn't quite deal with Teddy. I think that, uh, yeah, the particular round that you're citing, I think, works. Like, if somebody yeah. were to go specifically watch that... I think you're talking about two players that both talk quite a bit. Sure, so. sure. Um, so the temptation, I feel like, is always there for, for Teddy or Humble to kind of attract too much heat. Yeah. Um, and also, it doesn't help either of them that we talk about them on the show. So right. So that just provides heat for them. If anything, we're kind of like, we're playing, it's like we're playing against <laughs> we're them playing right, right now. now. Yeah. And we're going to win from the sidelines, <laughs> yeah. except for we weren't even playing to begin with, so we lose. Yeah. Um, except for me, obviously, I'm the winner of Tournament 5. Um, <laughs> and I have a comeback planned for Tournament 9 as well, uh, which will be exciting. Um <laughs> So hopefully, you gotta plan your tournaments tournament years in advance, folks. That's the thing. See, that's what Mantis yeah. did, and honestly, actually, tr truth be, that's what Luke did, right? In tournament three, Luke played terribly, and some people believe that Luke played just like 
like sandbagged his own shot so that and then in tournament four he didn't have as big of a target on yeah. his back i yeah. think luke refutes that but he would say that he, he would also say yeah. his secrets are unscorable so I, I i don't know i think people are playing the game long the tournament long the years long approach to, yeah. to all of this but yeah th- what we're describing is not a clean easy strategy it is about how much heat you even generate while talking i am horrible i open my mouth and i generate heat instantly because i'm i'm like passive aggressive and short-tempered i think brian is similar to this right brian brian opens his mouth and like what comes out is just like well i think we should just completely screw up this person and everyone's like okay well i think we want to mess with you too then because you are so you are so violent in your (laughs) approach to this i think i'm very very similar in that regard which is why i feel like i often get jumped on whereas the players who so often just sort of like find their way into a win from ahead it's because they just like didn't make any enemies at the table they didn't talk too much they just stayed chill with everybody until it was time to pull the trigger on the final strategies or whatever so i think the goal here should be that you are trying to ensure that the oh let's count up your points stage of the win slay thing starts as late as possible right and one of the things that you can do to maybe help that along is kind of just try and be forgotten about by just maybe not really saying anything at all um now not talking can also be its own tell for sure so i don't know it's it's hard to know exactly how to play this part because you kind of have to play into your own personality yeah i don't think it's a it's as simple as talk or not talk for sure it's more like do whatever you can to like always make sure that whatever you do normally you are doing if yeah. that makes sense right play to your standard so that nothing seems out of ordinary with you right. um, because the longer you can keep uh the players from getting the winslay conversation going the more they might accidentally spend too many tokens right the more they might accidentally use an ability, uh, an an exhaustible ability that they should not have, and now they're committed to another uh, uh, series of actions. What you would like is for it to be round five, and the other players are like, okay, here's what I need to do to score. They do all those things, and then they realize too late that you are actually going to win and score your 10th point um, because they were too busy thinking about their own games. So, yeah, absolutely... If you are if you are the one ahead, best not to be start starting yeah. any conversations when it comes to win slay. Yeah. The, um, the the thing about all of this though is if they do start pointing fingers at you and they're counting out the obvious tempo, I, I saw this a lot in the Priorata channel of just uh, like effectively the sentiment of like pretend you aren't that ahead. That no, that doesn't fly. Especially like if I'm in your game and you just start saying like, no, it's not as easy as you think it is. It's like I'm looking at the point potential. I see it as clear as day. You don't get to just lie about your opportunity to win. Now, if you start showing me secrets or whatever, that's a whole other thing. But I'm also the kind of person who tries to not ask people to show secrets because I just I don't know. Right. I don't I don't want to go there. I don't want to turn the game into that. I want you to shoot your shot, but I don't want you to lie to my face. Uh, basically, I, I like uh, something Big Al Cappuccino said in the pre-errata for this channel is when telling lies, misleading 
obfuscating or spouting general BS, it's important to remember four parts truth and one part lie to really sell it. A little sugar does not hurt as well when they go to swallow their medicine. Big Al always has a metaphor, but the point is you don't get to lie about this stuff, but you can tell half truths, right? And you can get, you can not tell the whole information. If you're, if you have painted someone else as a potential win slay target, you can start talking about your own action cards and things that if they're talking about dealing with people, you can talk about things to do against them and then never end up using those tools or whatever. Like you, you can help with the plan to do the wind sleigh and then never do your part or whatever. I think those are the kinds of lies you can tell when you are ahead, but it relies on you finding another person to share that uh, aheadness with you. I think I, for me, I don't think I can win singularly ahead. And I re I rely on there being another person at the table that we're racing and I just get more heat somehow put onto them than myself. Not only is it important for you to not be the only target or the only focus of the, the wind sleigh, uh, carousel or the wind sleigh chain. Yeah. Um, it's also important to, and this is maybe the more obvious point, but it definitely is worth talking about, uh, is to try to do things to, before your your neighbors get wise, yeah. nullify their ability to do anything about you. Um, the most obvious tactic that is like this, that in base game was bulletproof and now is definitely not, yeah. is the idea of gumming. Um, moving ships into empty spaces in order to just take up space so that the other players can't you know activate your home system they have to activate this other little system first and yeah. then blah 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 yada yada now that is not such a bulletproof defense right um we talked uh more about you know building up your home system is an, another obvious way to try and uh help with wind slaying but there are a lot of heroes and abilities that sort of bypass yeah. that honestly um, so at this point with, with these things you're describing like we've seen so many pieces of armor get new holes in them and that's the yeah. that's the struggle is like just defenses alone isn't really enough these days which is why so much more relies on what it is you're leaving yourself to have to score in the yeah. end the bit so, so like the best possible situation you could be in in my opinion would be the thing where you imperialed round three got ahead on tempo you're you're scoring everything you need to do and now round five all you have to do is score a secret objective because the key yeah. with a secret objective yeah. is you don't even need your home system to win the game you need your home system for public objectives not secret objectives which means yeah. if all you're relying on is secret objectives it you can just start gallivanting across the galaxy to finish those things up d depending on what's in your hand obviously like an action phase secret objective being your 10th point is is perfect um but that's i mean you have you only have so much control over that but that's certainly what you're aiming for which is why we always talk about in those earlier rounds you got to do the hard objectives first because in a final round scenario there's no way the table's letting you get away with have units in three empty systems right they will just right. stop that they can pull that absolutely. off they can absolutely rally to get you out of enough empty systems there's not enough on the table for you to get in to so many this is why stage twos are so difficult is because all of them rely on so much stuff that usually people can take it away so that's why you're trying to lean on those spendies and protect your home system but even that can be pretty difficult which is why it's like you get that's why you're trying to score all this other tempo kind of as fast as you possibly can because you really don't want to leave yourself out in the open on those final public objectives right yeah um i it's really really critical this last game i played 
um, I was playing with Moose as my neighbor, um, and Moose was playing as Muat, and that exact objective that you just noted was the final objective, which is actually a pretty good one for Muat because they can sit yeah. in a supernova and then use their hero to create another. Yeah. But they can't, they don't got three. Yeah. <laughs> so that third spot, they did get stopped there. So like it it's really it's really tough to say that in this podcast. Like, oh, like yeah. you should always save, <laughs> you know, the easiest objectives for last because sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes right. too many control objectives come out. And in that case, I would say it's probably better to slow roll your victory than exactly. it is to rush for the finish. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of weird. We started this episode being like, this is an episode about, you know, how to win from ahead, but it's more about when to win from ahead, Yes. which is to say not often. Yeah. Like it's, it's rarely time for you to just sprint right. for the victory. You are going to be easily stopped in. And to be honest, most of the time, and this is really hard to engineer, most of the time, you'd like to be second to win yeah. or third to win. Exactly. Um, that's the better spot because you have less to think about. They will spend more resources stopping the earlier player. Right. And then by the time it gets to your time, they'll be like, well, we're just out of ships and we can't, right. you know, we can't do it. Yeah. Um, so, Matt, you made a point about wouldn't it be a wonderful scenario <laughs> if you took Imperial on round three and then we get to round five and then your last point is an action phase yep. secret objective. There is a spot right here <laughs> in the outline I see that says that we should debate whether you should save your action phase uh, secrets for last. Man. Obviously, I'm pro, you're against. Sure. However, you've already given up some undermined ground. yourself oh my God. with something you okay. just okay. said. No, sh shut up, shut up. Let me fix it. Okay, Um. so action phase secrets, the percentage of them that are extraordinarily easy is actually quite low, I would say. <laughs> Hunter's shaking his head. Listen, bud, I'm I'm trying to be contrarian. I don't believe any of this either. <laughs> here's here's the whole thing. Okay, you if you watch streams, you will have seen me rail against this many many times. And there's truth to both sides is the problem, but there is obviously we said what the safest thing that can happen to you is, right? All I gotta mm -hmm. do is score the secret objective, whoop-dee-dee. But also, pure luck that you got into that position. You don't just find yourself there. You had to be able to have the speaker order and the card, the strategy cards when you needed them. And the big issue that I find is it depends basically on what the action phase secret objective is because they are not all created equally. The reason mm. this usually comes up, and the reason I sort of uh, bombastically say, you, sh you shouldn't, don't save your secrets, folks. F well, first off, I'm being like openly antagonistic, and I, and I know there's a reason to save your secrets, right? But the, the, the prime example that always comes up is something like Brave the Void. Win a combat in an anomaly. Well, mm -hmm. depending on the objectives, people might just not be in anomalies and you can literally get into a scenario where where when an anomaly is no longer possible because like only one person is in an asteroid field and everything else is empty and suddenly we've all vacated those spaces and you're just out of luck you will not be scoring that now the whole crux of the debate of when to do actions is i don't know man anything can happen 
I suppose is like is this the counter argument? Someone might decide on a reason to go into an anomaly, and then you use that as your opportunity to strike. But the core here then is taking a look at the action phase secrets that you've been given access to, and you have to sort of make a judgment call on what are the possibilities of that. Demonstrate your power. Oh, save that all game, right? Demonstrate your power. Have three ships at the end of a battle. You can do that six ways to Sunday in the final round. Of course. What if you're Nazaroka, you can do it without even having three ships, <laughs> uh, which is pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. Okay. I just want to say this, though. I just want to say that maybe, maybe they're not so hard. And maybe without them... Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, we, we listed all this stuff, right? Like, we said the whole thing of everyone assumes, you know, everyone can see how many points you have. Everyone can see how many points you're going to be getting. Right. Everyone assumes every single secret objective in your hand is scorable. So why, oh, why does it matter, you know, yep. if you're saving them or not? Because the only thing they don't know is whether it's an action phase yep. or a status phase. And the fact that we're assuming it's scorable, but we don't know when, yep. is the only bit of wiggle room mm-hmm. you actually have. So exploiting that, yes. saying, you know, actually, you don't have to say anything, and please don't, actually. Never <laughs> tell me, please never speak about your secret objectives ever again. I can see them <laughs> in your hand. You know what I mean? Just don't tell me anything about right. them. But, right. but the, the only little bit you've got where people can be like, uh, I don't know, is it gonna, is this about to happen? Right. Or is it not about to happen? It's like the only little surprise left in the game. Yep. And I think that my policy as of right now is I want to save an action phase and I generally want to save one that I draw early. Yeah. I do not, I ideally, I draw two secret objectives at the beginning of the game. One of them is an action phase. And basically, no matter what it is, I'm keeping it. Right. Even if it seems kind of unlikely for me to score it, because I'm going to spend the rest of the game cooking up some reason yep. for me to be on the other side of the map, ready to score Brave the Void. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm going to spend the whole game thinking, this is my final objective. Yes. It's kind of poetic in that way, because if you're looking at it like that, you're saying, this objective that I have in my hand right now before we have even started the game is my final yep. point. Now, a lot of times it won't be true, but if you, I feel like if you play that way, it does make sense for the the action phase to be last. And yes, there's going to be a lot of games where you don't get an action phase yep. in your first two. However, it's the most likely you are, I yes. feel like, in the game to draw a secret objective because you're drawn two. You never right. get to draw two. Right. Well, what what we're really talking about here is all random chance and luck anyways right and essentially the scenario you're describing hunter is just the idea of how best can you turn the luck in your favor right do everything you can shoot every shot you've got roll every dice you can to make that a slightly improved chance at finding a win and scoring the action phase secret early just takes away a random chance. Now everyone knows that you've scored that and knows your full point potential and to just keep it around. Yes, you might roll bad. You might, you might get a bad dice roll and suddenly there's no more brave. The voids accessible to you, but they might come back and, or they may have never removed themselves in the first place. It is probably more reliable 
to wait things out and see how it all can go. And like you're saying, generate those scenarios from the beginning of the game. I drew turn yeah. their fleets to us at the start, and I'm playing a faction that doesn't normally go PDS2. Well, at least now I can consider it from the beginning of the game and exactly. engineer a strategy that revolves around PDS2 so that when I, come, when I need to, I can try to score this objective. Exactly. Um, I'm going to use a bit of a poker analogy, and I'll probably uh, this probably doesn't make any sense what I'm about to say, but I think it will make sense to people that don't play poker. But Matt, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I don't know what you'll think about this. But um, essentially, if in poker you want a good hand, right? right? I mean, you can bluff, but mostly you just want a good hand. Yes. Um, the more hands you play, the more likelihood you will have a good hand because each time you're getting another, you're rolling the dice again each time. Yep. I think of Twilight Imperium as kind of a series of poker hands. Right. It's not one poker hand. It's, you know, this poker hand into the next. Right. So each time we have like kind of those those tempo moments where we can, you know, uh, score custodians or or set ourselves up for a status phase round four is sort of like the idea of winning a poker hand. Yeah. And then saying, okay, let's see the next hand. And if that hand is bad, yep. then we fold right. and we go to action phase round round five. Exactly. Okay, cool. Exactly. Now that's another poker hand. D is that good? Hmm. Well, seems a little dicey. Okay, fold. Right. Status phase round five. Right. So that's the whole thing is the game starts and we obviously we would like to be in that status phase round four poker hand with a, you know, a full house or or uh, you know a, a king's yeah. a, a king's banquet or some sort of <laughs> a king's you know a, well a, 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 a jack's a, you know a, yeah. a, a jack's domino you know what I mean <laughs> the the classic yeah. poker hand yeah 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 you a know? jack's domino right a, well, a fifty of a kind let's put know? it in, we're looking for those in terms we've seen before uh, uh, the first winner of the Twilight Imperium Patreon tournament was Nine of Spades, and Nine of Spades' name is Nine of Spades because Nine of Spades describes the Nine of Spades as their favorite hand because, Hunter, like you described, what you want in poker is when you're winning a hand, you want to win big, and when you're losing a hand, you want to lose small. You want to take as little losses as possible. So mm -hmm. unassuming cards that people don't see coming are the best ways to win big. You rarely win big on a royal flush. I mean, nobody gets royal flushes, but like on huge hands, when a full house is on the table, when a flush is on the table, right. everyone kind of looks at it and goes, I mean, we, you probably have a flush. I'm just going to, I don't have a flush. You probably have a flush. I'm backing out. This is, this is done. Right. It's right. when you might have something and they might have something and we don't know who has what. And so let's both put money in the pot and we're chasing. That's what you're looking for, right? That's the entire Winslay thing we're talking about with all of this is right. You need the other person to care about their chances just as much as you care right. about your chances to I, where they can't just get out of the way. They can't just move on without you. They, oh, I just fold. You obviously have it. It's like, no, 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 no. I, I got this backdoor straight draw that I found my way into. I got, you know, my nine exactly. of spades gave me a straight that you didn't see coming. And now I get to take the hand for way more than than you thought it would be worth. The same thing is true of the you didn't you 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 think I could maybe have this action phase secret, but you're invested enough in your own win that you don't have time to just go deal with my action phase secret. You have to just assume that maybe it's the status phase secret and you got lucky enough to get away from it. And then boom, oops, I did have it in the end. Yeah, I really like that. I like that part of of your version of the analogy, Matt, where it's like when they if you're winning too big 
then they can just put away their own hand and yeah. say, no, let's just think about you and take care of this right now. Right. Which is kind of, that's not, there's not really a poker equivalent to that, except for like, yeah, the whole like, you're not going to win big on an obviously great hand. Right. Because nobody's going to put money in the pot. Right. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that while this whole episode has been, I'm sorry, really theoretical, it's yeah. not one of those... This is not a strategy guide episode. We're talking kind of advanced theory concepts, and you could definitely ding us for not having anything unimpeachable or solid. A lot of this is opinion. These are the episodes right. that don't age as well because we're <laughs> neither defining terms yeah. nor we're, we're really just giving you how we see this game, and mm -hmm. that will likely change. Yep. But I think that it's time we should bring someone else's opinion that we like <laughs> into this discussion yeah and and also by the way we kind of glaze over it but obviously i won the debate on saying yeah. your action oh absolutely because, yeah yeah <laughs> i had won before we'd even started because you'd sort of already folded yeah and that's the thing is you notice that hand you weren't, weren't gonna win it uh -huh, so how uh -huh. big did i win really i didn't win that big because you didn't fight for it that much so there we go now i go i go home with you know diddly squat Let's let's talk about Waterman's Law. Yes. This is we're literally stealing this from a sis, our sister show, yep. Woodland War Machine. We're just Absolutely. gonna steal their point yeah. and use but it for well, our own and it's, purposes. It's it's relevant to bring up here because it's a it's very popular in the root community, but our TI people may not know what we're talking about here. And it's it's another metric to the talking stuff we were talking about earlier. Right. Waterman, uh Kyle Atchison is one of the hosts of Woodland War Machine, and uh I we love Waterman dearly. Uh so much good content has come out of Waterman, the best of which is this. This quote, you are under no obligation to help your enemies win. This is the core conceit. It's especially relevant in Root, as we talked about earlier. Sometimes, you know, it's just like you, you don't need to like you don't need to spell out people's paths to, to stopping you in Root. This is relevant because you are constantly dealing with entanglement. And very often in Root, you will sort of say like, listen, I'll do this to set myself back a little bit in exchange for you doing something that sets you back so that we slow down this faction that is a much faster scoring potential than us or whatever. Right. But what that doesn't mean is don't show people how to stop you or how to, how to deal with you. Right. They need to right. figure that part of the equation out on their own. You can say how you're going to slow yourself down to help the table. And your, your goal is to make that be all you say. And people go, well, they're doing their thing out of step, which means we don't have to worry about them so much because they've gone out of their way to slow down something else. And that should have stopped their game enough to where boom, we're done. What you don't ever have to do, and what I do constantly, is I'm spelling out all the tempos, and I go, and yeah, I have great tempo too. I'm probably also going to win in the status right. phase. And right. we should, shut up, Matt. Just shut up. Just shut up and let them figure that out. They're allowed to talk about it too, and you don't have to deny it, and you don't have to lie and make yourself look foolish in lying about something that's obvious, but right. you don't have to do the math for them. Too often, too, in the late game, I will find that there will be a player that's ahead and the other players sort of talk about that player as if they should just give up, uh -huh. which I find kind of strange. And I think it's something that we should stop. Yeah. Basically every player has to play their own game in order to try and win. Um, no one owes it to you to help you stay in the game by losing. Oh my gosh. If yeah. you, if you want someone to lose so that you have another shot, Go for it. Do it. Even, you know, communicate with the rest of the table in order to make it happen. Do whatever you got to do. Yeah. But don't begrudge that player for right. being ahead and for <laughs> going for it. Like, somebody might listen to this whole episode and be like, you know what? I'm going to try for the status phase round four victory. 
it doesn't make them a jerk to right. try and win early, even if in the end they are wrong. And in right. fact, they will be stopped by the rest of the table. Yeah. It's not, there's no point in that kind of aggressive aspect. Also, the thing I love about Waterman's Law that we need to take home with us is that, yes, I, I do not have to help you win instead of me. That doesn't mean that I get to be excluded from conversations right. on how to stop other players. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of vital insight on <laughs> how to stop everyone else. Right. I'm not going to help you stop me, but I might help you stop so-and-so, and that might be important right. in this game. Right. We don't know that it isn't right now, but it it could be. Yeah. Um, so that's something I'll say, is that like I think we all have to consider that we are all trying to play this game for the win yep. and that there's nothing wrong with us playing our own game to win. Yeah. Um, at, at time yeah. of recording in my async game, I have to give a shout out to K Ruthless. Uh, my son is also named Bort and Holy Teaspoon. Um, Jazz Hands and Flight of Fancy are also in that game, but they it, it applies slightly less to them in, in this point I'm going to make, which is to say so all four of us have like had our sights on the victory for many rounds like we've all been in this ahead tempo position right all four of us are ahead and what keeps happening is one person suggests a way to slow another one down and we all have to get into a philosophical conversation about like why or why we shouldn't do that and it's so messy and it just feels like everybody lying about their chances and i'm including myself in this i i do not get right. away from this i do the same thing i get i get so stupidly upset when someone steps in the way of my victory because i would i don't want my victory to get stepped on and then so and so to get away with a passive win right i i feel cheated or whatever you know i'm i'm a i'm, I'm a petty child <laughs> in that respect so I, I i i'm not standing on a pedestal here but it's it when you get into these situations the core thing to remember is this is the situation you were trying to engineer in the first place, right? right? This whole episode has been about don't be the only person with the win. Someone else has to be set up with the win, but that also means someone else is trying to set you up with a potential win so that you're the one who gets stopped first. So right. every, all chickens come home to roost. We, we have to just accept the terms of these deals, I think, at past a certain point. At the end of the day, someone does have to win the board game, and I think we forget that sometimes. Yeah, I also think that sometimes we will overplay the game in a way that causes it to sort of lose um, its, I don't know, just like what what makes it pop a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, the thing I really like about the Mantis Winslay chain sort of logic is that I think it's actually helpful for people to navigate their final round Yeah. Um, as far as thinking about what they can affect. A lot of the times you'll get into a round five scenario and you'll realize that you're one of the doomed players or one right. of the players where the likelihood of you winning this game is quite small. Yeah. Um, and then because you're the doomed player, you sort of have all the time in the world to just sort of talk about <laughs> everyone else's game uh-huh. and try and sort of quarterback for everyone in order to make, you know, to turn your 1% chance into a 3% chance mm-hmm. and then maybe into a 5% chance. Totally understand that that aspect of the game. But what I'm saying is it's it's not always necessary to like quarterback to that extent. A lot yeah. of the times you can put the pressure on X player to stop X player and say, listen, I don't have to worry about that 
because I'm just thinking about this player. Yeah. I'm essentially saying, if the Winslay chain gets to where so-and-so is going to win right before me, I'm going to stop them. Right. And that's what I want to make sure that I'm able to do. I don't care about if, if I guess what I'm saying is if I know that I'm not going to win, I do not care who, who wins. Yeah. I've, I've never right. cared. Right. If it's not me, I don't care who it is. So if I'm in a doomed player situation or a very unlikely to win situation, what I do is spend most of my time thinking about if the pendulum just does swing my way, how I'm going to capitalize on that swing. Right. right. If, if the, if the 10% chance, uh, turns it to where the buddy right in front of me is going to, you know, win before me. How do I backstab my buddy and be the number one? Um, but a lot of times people will kind of win slay out of chain. And then what happens is they never get that opportunity mm -hmm. because they've already discarded all of their extra resources trying to get the win slay chain started, but they're going out of chain. Right. They're basically saying, I'm going to go over here and stop this person who's like second to win. Yep. But we haven't even got there yet, buddy. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times I think that this comes from a, a feeling of not having enough power at the end of the game. You want to feel like, oh, I'm losing this game and it feels like I didn't even do anything wrong. But honestly, I don't think I, I think that you should think of it more like you're again playing poker and your hand is really bad. But this is the last hand no matter what. Right. So you got to stay in, right? Don't call, just stay in as long as possible yeah. and then see what happens once everybody, you know, once, once, I mean, I, I think the poker analogy is falling apart. <laughs> I feel like maybe I made some sense. Did Mitigate that sort losses. Of make sense? In a cash game scenario, you're just trying to not go home broke. Maybe <laughs> you, yeah. just, you just want to well, end. Well, maybe they the all money. fold. I right. don't know. You know what I'm saying? Is like, if you have no, if you have nowhere else to go with your hand, yeah. you don't, you, you don't really need to fold. Um, and you also don't really need to call. Yeah. You kind of just need to stick around and right. see what happens with well, everyone else's and, hand. And so from the perspective, again, of the player who is trying to win from ahead, what you're trying to do is express ways to those players that they should stick around, right? Which is yeah. sometimes impossible to do. And guess right. what? That's just it. That's how the game is going to end. So you know what? Right. You move on with your life. It's going to be okay. I swear. But sometimes you can get people to care about their game again. And you have to find those opportunities. That's why I said earlier, you never want someone to s fall so far out of the pack that they then have no reason to be helpful in the end. Right? Exactly. That's why Big Al Cappuccino proposes the 55 point game. It's not just like ah, a fun thing to say. Let's get everyone to nine points and then one person gets to 10. We've even had YouTube comments that think that that's Big Al trying to collude. It, it is a strategic insight, which is to say, I don't want anyone's shot to be completely gone because then the game gets wild and unpredictable. It's if, okay, if the platonic ideal of Twilight Imperium is for some reason a round six game, which it seems like sometimes we talk about it as if that's true. Right. I hate that. Yeah. But if the platonic ideal of an end game of Twilight Imperium is about a chain of wind slaying where everybody stops exactly one other player. Yep. Okay. Um, and then for some reason, then we play another round. Yeah. And then I guess whoever has. We just have a new lead. We win. have a new ahead. It sucks, right? The whole it's, thing it's, is fake. It's, it's very weird. <laughs> but the only way this the chain stays the only reason everyone keeps wind slaying is because they all have a shot yep so you sort of need your neighbor 
I actually, I, I tried to use this logic to prevent, I, I got extorted. My home system got extorted. Yeah. Um, and I always hate when that happens. Sure. I, I don't like being extorted for anything. And I tried to just make that argument of just like, listen, buddy, you can do this, but if you do it, then I won't be in the game anymore. Right. And then how are you, my neighbor, going to actually win this game? It's the reason Arborek doesn't work. Right. We've talked about how Arborek is really only good at rooting into someone else, mm -hmm. but that doesn't get you very many points unless there's the one. There's the one. <laughs> there's the one. There's the one it does do. <laughs> but but beyond that, it's just not it's not really a good way to close up your game. Um, and I just tried to argue that point. Now, yep. in the end, I ended up giving up to the extortion, which I still regret because I lost the game anyways. I'll tell you this. I I let go of my principles, gave in to extortion, and lost anyways. That's mm -hmm. something that can happen. So yeah. you got to keep your principles. If you're going to lose a game of Twilight Imperium, you may as well lose on your own terms uh -huh. instead of just losing just because, well, it didn't work out for <laughs> right. me this time. Oh, boo-hoo. Yeah. It always works. It all. It never works out or it always does. <laughs> it just seems like that's well, how it is. you could play like me too and win a game and feel like you didn't deserve it. So, you know, there's there's always a well, flip Matt, side to every coin. I have never heard you say that you deserved it. Yep, I've I never, never have. I've never heard you say that. No, absolutely um, not. Because I always see myself as the other side of this, right? Which is to say, what we were talking about earlier, if if I just found a way... Like, it's so hard to win actively in Twilight Imperium, right? It's usually everyone else got stopped and I was left. And when I'm on the receiving end of that, I just always see it as the ways people could have stopped me and they didn't, which means they gave me the win, which means I didn't yeah. actually earn it. I didn't do anything to win that. Right. But that's how right. so much of Twilight Imperium is one <laughs> the yeah. people who win all the time they'll tell you that's how they won the game is just like well everybody ran out of stuff to do to me um and what i think is hilarious about all this is we have this whole episode it's like how do you win from ahead and seemingly the answer is don't be that ahead like don't don't be ahead don't get ahead ahead generally speaking it's not great to be like ahead you know what i mean try well, to not be ahead if you want to win from ahead try to not be ahead that that's usually how the best solution <laughs> Well, I'm I'm going to differ a little bit and say that that was the point of our whole poker discussion. Yes. No, I agree. It's not that you're really ahead. It's it's more that you get to choose because mm -hmm. of your tempo and, and your speaker order. You're getting to choose when you try to make the final play. Yeah. And that, um, which I feel is like the thing we, we, re we, we should probably do another supplemental episode covering exactly how to evaluate mm -hmm. how win slayable you currently are. Right. But to be honest... That might be like we're getting to the point with the where these theoretical episodes are so theoretical that I'm not sure how well they yeah. work as audio only. Well, well, In what? a video, <laughs> I could definitely show sure. you like a round five situation where you know uh, it's it's I'm gonna be Winslade or yeah. Matt. Um, like we've talked about games before where we've talked about game states where it's like okay, so if I do this, then so and so does this, right. and then I lose, right? right. Probably. So there, there's you really just have to assume that your that your opponents are going to do the smartest possible thing and right. hope that they won't. Exactly. That's what I would say. Yeah, hold on and pray. Yeah, I, I mean, I I do think that's the core thing is what we're the thing we're describing today is the the core puzzle of each individual game of Twilight Imperium. That's why there's no simple answer to it because it's like 
that's the entire flavor of Twilight Imperium is somehow finding a way out the other side of this. Uh, we had a conversation with BotBot recently about Root, and you you said something, Hunter, that I, I think is relevant here, which is uh, we were talking about like stuff we want to do uh, with Root, and you said, I've been concerned about how difficult it is to establish meaningful metrics on how well one player is doing versus another. It's almost the opposite of Twilight Imperium in this way. And uh, I, I'm wondering if the community just needs to make up metrics. And when you said that, my first thought is, well, that's what you, that's what every individual game of Root is, is like, we have to just sort of make up the, we have to decide these metrics and we're either right or wrong. And, and there's so many points in Root that you don't get to call, like put clear lines in the sand. Cause at any point someone have coins and can craft them and get three points or whatever. Right. Right. That, that's, that is, that is the playing of Root is determining those metrics mid game. And that's sort of the same thing we're saying about Twilight Imperium is like the playing of Twilight Imperium is deciding the metrics of what you do when someone has an unimpeachable victory in front of them. What do you do? Like when people talk about Twilight Imperium is win making, that's kind of what they're leaning into talking about is at a certain point, you're just deciding how to deal with one person winning over another person winning. And, and you have to just kind of reckon with that. And, and, and thus is, thus is Twilight Imperium. Um, so yeah, th- that's when I see the Mantis Winslay chain fall apart, it's because of that. It's because one link in the chain doesn't see the point, doesn't see the, the pathway and the entire chain breaks basically. Or, or the the chain goes until it can't, which yes. I think is honestly like what the point of yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That, you see, you yeah. see who had the most unimpeachable win, right? And that's right. that's when I I've ne- that's why why I especially say I've never had a win, like I've never won, even when I win. Is it's like I see when someone else had a more unimpeachable win than me. It's just everybody else gave up or whatever, which to plenty of people will say, well, that's a fine way to win. Like people gave up. They didn't want to take a win away from you, whatever. But what I thirst for is the win where it's like, we couldn't do anything about you and nobody else had it and you had it and it's locked up and that's it. There you go. You win. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's what I'm looking for. But that is an incredibly difficult kind of win to earn. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Um, Yeah. I, you know, I heard everything you're saying, Matt, about the whole, Twilight Imperium is is uh, is win making um, where you where you choose a winner. Um, I disagree. Twilight Imperium is esports. Um, <laughs> check out Tournament Five. The only way to enter is to be a patron uh, right now, this month, October 2022, or November 2022. Those are your opportunities. Heck you yeah. gotta join the Patreon galactic counselor uh level or above there's you know lots of other benefits you get for joining the patreon mm-hmm. uh, in december we will be sending the sign up link at some point so that you can start your glorious <laughs> esports career as a no money making twilight imperium yeah. professional player the dream is alive folks you too can just have weird bragging rights and whatever color you want as your uh name on our discord that's the prize is you pick the championship the, the color <laughs> yeah and and you pick the championship color i don't even know this until the end of tournament four you pick that color for everybody. Yeah. I didn't even realize yeah, that's yeah, yeah, how yeah. it worked. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are people that have won tournaments in the past that they're, the color of their name got changed to possibly a color they don't even like. Yep. So you're right to this whole... You wear, you know, you wear the most recent champion's belt. You wear their yeah. belt <laughs> as, yeah. as a former champ. You're like a champ. little team. <laughs> yeah. You're like a little team. 
um, yeah, it's it's brilliant. You got to check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, here I am, winner of Tournament 5 and Tournament 9, <laughs> just sitting here uh, hanging out with this scrub who says he's never even won a game. Uh-uh. That's, that's what Space Cats Peace Turtles is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to thank our weird bears, Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, Brassbird, Brian Kaluan, Goondock, Carnal, Necrodice Twice, Totally Calculating Poet, Kindred Spirit, Lord Raddington, Bagels, Emlashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Privix, Ricky, M44, Rwise, and Wecker, and I want to thank Mama's Lovely Larva. My son is also named Bort, Nerf, Sir, Baldrick, Tautology is what it is, Frank G, Rekka, Jadim, Jedi, General Pith, Uncle Batty, Savant, and Teddy's Jam for you. Homebrewers Guild, if you're listening to this, not only am I hanging out in foggy old London town, and uh, I don't know, maybe I'm going to find some of you. I'm going to find some of you in London. There's not that many people in London, right? It's easy to just like pick some oh, yeah, out of the sure, crowd sure katie will love that you, yeah you going off to play twilight imperium while you're away <laughs> yeah. on vacation together for her, for her 30th birthday exactly for her 30th <laughs> birthday very good uh, what, but, a, oh, what a great hubby you are but at time of listening to this next weekend october 22nd we are gonna play general piths agenda phase 2.0 for the homebrewers guild let's uh let's try some homebrew yeah galactic council the poll has been up for a week now um, we're recording this in the future, so I do not know which one is doing well. Your quick rundown of your options, if you did not listen last week, is number one, Twilight Imperium speedrunning. We will speedrun this game, and we will get it up on speedrunning, speedrunner.org or speedrunning. I don't care. Speedrun, whatever it is, the speedrun place. We're getting it. It's going to happen. Otherwise, they'll have, they'll, we'll talk smack, um, and they'll get in trouble. Uh, number two. <laughs> We homebrew and playtest our own faction. This will not be improvised. We will make it up. It will be good. It won't be entirely a joke. It might be somewhat a joke. Actually, it might always be a joke. I have no idea. (laughs) Third option, Clash of Cultures. Cool game. Want to play it? Please let me. Fourth game, Spirit Island. Last chance, all right? And I mean it this time. And if it doesn't get it, I never want to see Spirit Island again (laughs) in my office. Get out of here. Stay out of here. I locked the door. You're not coming in. You can't even use a bathroom here. You got to get out. The other way way to make Spirit Island happen is to go to our other podcast where we we have a thing called the Every Wheel and uh, we we play a video game that you might, like, that people have tried to tell us to play. uh, Uh And you get a random chance. And there are people that are forming a coalition over there to make the digital edition of Spirit Island a video game that we might play for old gamers all those dorks how <laughs> dare they do that well let me tell you we've already drawn one for uh, the every wheel and it wasn't spirit island so it looks like spirit island is losing on two of our podcasts <laughs> right now <laughs> take that spirit island yeah. no and it, it does seem like a good game i almost bought it the yeah other yeah day. uh if give us a five-star rating of how much you like spirit island uh on apple Podcasts, itunes or spotify just say well boy i boy i love spotify and i wish these boys would play it uh you can also go to our website website space cats peace turtles Dot com to find information about our Patreon and be a part of these Galactic Council votes or the Homebrewers Guild or the tournament. That's uh, a very important place right now. Uh, you can also find information about our Twitter, our Discord, our merch, etc., etc. And you can send Plays of the Week to SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles at gmail.com. I do not have a Play of the Week for you because Hunter and I just recorded two Space Cats episodes back-to-back in one day. It's been a day chock-full of Twilight Imperium, and now yeah. it's time for me to go to my turn in my still-ongoing async game of twilight imperium and then i gotta go do my other alliance async game of twilight imperium so guess what the fun never stops for matt help i'm drowning thank you for listening to space cats peace turtles and thanks to ben prunty for the use of his music you can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.